BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the morning toast. Happy hump day. It's the best day of the week, you guys, except for Friday. And Thursday. And um, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. But it's hump day. So hump someone you love. Get into the, the groove. And before you know it, we're on the other side of the week. Yeah. We're going to get you over the hump today. So, so exciting. We actually have a great show for you today because, I mean, we say that like it's a surprise. Honestly, every show is a great show. We always have a great show. And we say that like we know what's going to happen. Like right. sometimes the most mundane, mindless show becomes our best yet. And days where we think we're going to kill it, like it's just a standard good show. Okay. So my theory that today's show is going to be a great show is, is based, based on a few things. One, Fast Five, really good stuff. Really strong, strong stuff. You'd love to see it. Two, TV recap. We have... It's full. It's full. We have Real Housewives of New York and we have Love Island. I've caught up completely, even though you described the Sunday night's two-hour episodes for me. I felt like I needed to watch it and I'm glad that I did because I definitely changed my perspective on some people. Yes. Then we have... And we're going to start with this actually because it's about to melt. But yesterday we talked about um, the questionable collaboration between Van Leeuwen and Kraft Mac and Cheese ice cream. And the wonderful people at Kraft Van Leeuwen sent us some ice cream to try. Now, let's do a little um, pre... What's like when you give someone like some notes before, like a precursor, like a... What's it called? Preamble? Sure. Okay, here's the preamble. (laughs) We don't have a freezer. So it did arrive this morning, and we're doing our best to keep it cold. I'm sure it's quite soupy in its texture, but I guess that affects us more than it affects you. But... I think we could still give like a pretty fair, well-rounded. Are you going to eat it? I feel like you're I'm going to try, but like the thought of it plus the soupiness. And it's morning and like my stomach already feels like kind of iffy. No, it's really scary. So we'll look at it. We'll decide if we're going to try it. But I mean, it really should have come with some dry ice. Like no offense. Yeah. No, but by the way, I am trying it. Like I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's bring it out. Bring them out. Bring, bring them out. out. What's the consistency like? Oh, oh, there's a thing okay, on top. Okay. okay, no, the way that it's that the way that it's packaged, all right, it so does look okay. Allow me to give you guys the full experience. This is the um, pint. Ingredients are cream, milk, cheese. Ew! Cream, milk, cheese. No, it's cream, milk, cane sugar, egg yolks, Kraft cheese sauce mix. Okay, so it's not vegan. Don't give us the ingredients. Okay, let's feel. Okay, it's not soup, but it's, it's not hard. Okay, that's good. Oh, it looks like a sorbet. It's like a little melted. It's totally fine. I mean, it okay. looks, it's literally the, color, the color of put, cheese. Put it forward a little bit more. I am. I don't want to spill it. Okay, fine. Okay, so we're going to put it out here. Grab your spoon. You take yours first and then pass it to me. Okay. 
It's actually a delightful but consistency. Once you said sorbet, now I can look at it differently. I just want you guys to know that. Think of it as a sorbet. Oh my God. It, it really, like if you look at it when it's melted, it looks like cheese. It's actually <laughs> disgusting. Um, it doesn't smell like anything. It does smell like Kraft mac and cheese a little bit. Wow. No, do I have COVID? I can't smell. <laughs> no, it's very faint. Oh, I'm getting nodes of cheese. I'm actually. You have like, to go first. I'm doing I'm sorry. everything in my power not to. Oh, wait. I'm. I'm dripping. You have to go first. Why? I'm really. I'm just saying. I'm procrastinating like so hard. What did you do yesterday? <laughs> Honestly, I had a horrible day. Can't wait to okay. talk about it. <gasps> oh my God. I literally took this small bite. Take a bite. But you didn't say how it was. <laughs> it's disgusting. You guys, that's the fucking craziest thing. It tastes like crab. Oh like God, I'm spilling. Oh, oh God, we, we've got cheese. Can I get a napkin? Oh God. Not you the guys, couch. That's oh my the craziest God, that's thing. disgusting. That's the craziest thing I've ever tasted. It's literal. Thank you so much. Oh my God, it's, it's Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah, okay, it's Kraft mac and cheese. Okay. Oh it's God, Kraft I stain the couch. I stain the couch. Shit. It'll smell like that forever. Ugh. Wait, it says on here why Kraft mac and cheese ice cream. Can you read that for us? Yeah, that's a great Who's question. Twisty. Have you ever met someone who didn't smile while eating ice cream or oh. smile while eating a comforting bowl of mac and cheese? Yeah, we didn't think I so. I think we read this propaganda yesterday. So why, <laughs> why not enjoy both at the same time in the same bowl in the same mouth? You know you've always wondered what this mashup would taste like, or at least Never. you do now. This is twisted. Absolutely vile. Shame on everyone involved in this <laughs> collaboration for... I literally took the smallest bite. Oh my God, it's all over me. I you can't. Guys, all, like the smallest bite told us everything we needed to know. Whoa. Basically, if you were to make Kraft mac and cheese, drain the liquid, and then put that in the freezer, yeah. that's what it tastes like. It's really what atrocious. Do what do you think? Jillian tried it. So bad, so right? So bad. And it really tastes like mac and cheese. It tastes like the powder. It yeah. really does. You know when you open the powder and then it smells... And you yes. get that fragrance. That's basically what the ice cream tastes like. Chris? That is really crazy. Thoughts? No, it's, it's not no, for us. It's a no from It's Chris. a no from all four of us. <laughs> okay, it's atrocious, you guys. Like, beware. Honestly, I feel bad because they sent it to us. But well, like, no, but they sent it to us, like, with our horrible take on it yesterday. Yeah, so honestly, don't waste your money. $12 yeah. a pint. What nerve. That is just so crazy. Well, I'm glad we had that experience. It's been a while. Not since Kevin O'Leary have we had a live taste test. I know, but I do love eating on the show. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. So, you know, I'll continue to deliver food news and we'll continue to, to hope that someone hears it and sends us We'll something. continue to use our platform to get free food. <laughs> Essentially. Yes. Yes, we will. Um, how was your day yesterday? Mine was like booked, busy, packed, caught up on so much TV that I cannot wait to recap for the purpose of this show, made some TikToks, none of them went viral, and it was pretty much a sad day for me. My day yesterday was so awful because I woke up with a migraine. I had a migraine on the show yesterday, didn't want to complain about it because I know you guys are like tired of me having migraines. I went home and suffered from my migraine all day. I had to sleep all day because I couldn't watch TV, I couldn't read, I had to cancel everything I had planned, like I could not get out of bed. So I literally slept until like on and off until like eight o'clock when I woke up finally feeling better. Oh, thank God. Fi oh my God, it was like my fever broke. Like, Heaven. Oh my Heaven. God. And then I caught up on all the TV, Love Island, Love Island, Roni, and then I started a new book last night so that I could fall asleep having read and I was so worried I wasn't gonna be able to fall asleep because of you slept how all much day. I slept. but no yeah, I fell asleep by like one o'clock so what is fine. worse than having a migraine and falling asleep and then waking up and still having the migraine no like really, sleep is supposed to be the cure like no it it was so crazy it was such a, a tough day but I'm so grateful for today you know like until you if you're like a migraine girly like me like you appreciate 
the days of just feeling fine. Yeah. So much. Well, and if you're a migraine girly like me who's triggered by the weather and we're like currently living through like this tropical storm, it's not good. Cloudy days, rainy days always give me migraines. So I just know one is coming my way. Yeah. So this week has tried me, which explains the juicy tracksuit. Um, you don't need to explain. You look great. Okay. Thank you. I just like have really been in a sweat state of mind. Yeah. And it's been like, it's also for me like a merch state of mind, but I wanted to wear like pants, whatever. You look great. Thanks so much. So yeah, I'm feeling just grateful for today, for a new day, for everything that this day has in store for me, for how much, I don't want to jinx my day because watch, migraine comes right back. 100%. We were just sleeping, bitch. We're yeah, still, literally. We're still here. <laughs> um, no, but now I can like, you know, do the things I need to do. There's nothing worse than like having a day of literal crossed off the calendar, no productivity. Yeah. Like, can't even watch TV, so it's not even like fun. Yeah. You know, it's not like sick. You're staying home watching Jerry Maury, Springer. Yeah, you know. So, were you, were you a girl who watched Maury or Jerry Springer I when you were girl, home from sick? Hmm. I was such a Maury girl. I don't know. I really am not choosy. Hmm. Not choosy at all. I used to like literally like fake sick so I could watch Maury. Yeah, those were good times. Maury yes, is and was, was everything. Good days. So, no. gotta get to a Maury taping. Didn't you already go? I went to a Jerry Springer well, we taping. Maury on the show. On the show. I think that's better than a Maury taping. You know what? I was actually thinking, we've had so many guests on the show and I sometimes like forget. And I was just recently thinking how when we had Chelsea Handler on the show, that was probably like the most famous person we've ever had. I think Maury might be up there with Chelsea, like maybe even above her. It In terms I think of it fame. just depends on who you're who asking, you're asking yeah. you know, like and what they value. Yeah. Because like for some people, it's Dorit Kemsley. Oh, are, is, by is some a, people, do you mean you? It's a bigger guess than Chelsea Handler or Mari. Yeah, no, Chelsea Handler was like such a big deal. But then I'm like, what about Mari? Right. And why are you calling it Mari? Because we just have this like inside joke between us. Oh, you and Mari do? <laughs> Me and Mari. It's Mori Povich. Mori, Mari Povich. And you know what, Jackie? You are not the father. <laughs> um, all right, let's dive in because we've got a pretty long show for you guys today. Um, there's a lot. Oh, and we have to do our toasters. There's right. so it's much to get through. You know, I was actually thinking I wanted to bring this up to you in private, but I guess I'll just do it in public and let everyone else weigh in. I was thinking we might shift our dear toasters day. To a different day. To Tuesday, because the way our current TV is scheduled, we're not watching The Bachelorette. So Tuesday shows are always a little short. And then Wednesdays have so much TV recap and then dear toasters. And I feel like it's Wednesday shows are like an hour and 15 minutes and Tuesdays are like 40. It's not balanced. It's not balanced. So that's saying. just an idea I'm throwing out. I... My ruling, we're moving Dear Toasters to Tuesday. <gasps> Yay! Oh my God, the I never come up in. with good ideas that Jackie likes. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good idea. Oh my God, I meant to bring it up yesterday, but I obviously forgot. Okay, so next week you can expect Dear Toasters on Tuesday. Wow, this is a huge shift. This it is, is a cultural moment, a reset in the toast. <laughs> yeah. It's worth celebrating. I say we go to drinks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, all right, let's dive in because let's we actually do have a lot to talk about. Okay, so without further ado, do, 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 do you want to address that one before we start? Where are you? I don't really feel like I need to explain myself but on it, my parenting on reasoning. Hump on hump day, I have a lunch. Okay, that's fine. That's all you had to say. That's. I just don't like being questioned on like my decision making when it comes to being a parent. I don't question you. I don't feel like I was doing any of those things. I don't I question was just, you I was literally Bruno. Just, I was asking do where, where do is. I just don't like this pressure, honestly, like that comes from you consistently. Like I have a job to do. I can't constantly be bringing Theo around. Like I do it when I can, but you're always like pressuring me and calling me out on the show. And it's like, honestly, I just can't, I can't live up to your expectations of me. Stop putting me on a pedestal. <laughs> oh my God. What goes through your mind? <laughs> 
No, I'm a hundred percent serious. No, I know. Okay. Um, so do has a lunch and therefore without further ado, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by the one, the only, the Bruch, the best electric toothbrush on the market and the unofficial official toothbrush of the morning toast and the entire toast community because everyone has gotten their brooch over the last year and they're loving it they got one for their husbands their girlfriends their partners spouses everything and you might be the last person without a brooch and who's not getting a premium dental experience because the brooch is the best electric toothbrush on the market really gets in there and it's very very affordable because a lot of electric toothbrushes can cost over $200, which is insane. But the brush is fancy as hell and it doesn't burn a hole in your pocket. The brush itself has six unique modes to customize your brushing experience. The battery life lasts four weeks and it comes with a magnetic charging stand and a compact travel case. So it's super easy to travel with. They also offer subscription programs. So uh, they'll ship you new replacement heads for your brush every six months. So you're never stuck using a worn down like frizzy ass miss frizzle brush you all know what she's talking about yeah like you have been there when you're using a toothbrush that looks like it drives the magic school bus you know yeah the brush's sleek design has a modern aesthetically pleasing design that comes in trend-driven seasonal colors and it looks great on your bathroom counter they just came out with new colors and we got them they're kind of sickening like chanel who get 15 percent off your brush toothbrush kit and the refill plan when you use promo code toast at brush.com that's 15 percent off using promo code toast at b-r-u-u-s-h dot com sign on get your teeth right yeah. okay first story emmy nominations 2021 claudia and i don't really care about the awards but i do like to know who's and what is nominated <clears throat> to see if there's anything we should be watching emmy nominations 2021 are in and we were snubbed Always. We are always snubbed. It's just the name of the game. It's the name of the game. Um, the two biggest win- like nominees are The Mandalorian and The Crown. Oh, The Crown. Yeah, so deserving. So now I'm going to take you through each category. And if you have a, a favorite, just, you know, holler. Yeah, I realized like one or two years ago, I, I only watch bad television that doesn't get nominated. Yeah. And honestly, like if the Emmys were up to me, like Monique Samuels would be getting an Oscar. I mean, an Emmy, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But they're not. So I don't watch serious TV, but I've seen some shows. So hit me with it. Okay. Best actress in a comedy. A.D. Bryant, Shrill, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Gene Smart, Hacks, Alice and Johnny, Mom. It's over. It's over. Gene Smart, Hacks. I've actually seen every show in this category. Yeah. And I, and I want to say. And then say, also one more, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish. I've seen it too. She's excellent as well. I have something to say. Say it. And it pains me because I, I, I so desperately wanted to like it and relate to it. The flight but attendant. Shrill is an atrocity. It's atrocious. I agree. The flight attendant was good for COVID, you know? Like, Kaylee Cuoco was actually very good in it. And it was nice to see her in something, like, not dumb like The Big Bang Theory. She was actually great. The show was fine. She deserves it. Okay. Gene Smart in Hacks. Have you seen Hacks? Not yet. Your husband watched it. He watched it. It's on my plate. Like, there are a lot of shows here that I'm genuinely going to watch. This is at the top. Okay. No doubt. It was the best show I've seen in years. I did a whole recap on it, I think, when I after I watched it. But she deserves the win. Like, give it to, like, it's over. Like, it was so, she was incredible. Like, incredible. Okay, so that's your choice. I didn't think I would come into this Emmy nomination feeling so strongly. No, there's a lot of shows in here that we have seen. I guess, okay. Wow, okay, I'm invested. Gene Smart, but not in, But not in the next category. Best actor in a comedy. Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method, William H. Macy, Shameless, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, Keenan Thompson, Keenan. Everybody's always talking about Ted Lasso, and it is a part of my plate, but... 
I Everyone think we would like it too. We would like it. Yeah. I, we, I think we need to watch it. Yeah. It's nominated so many times. Really? So many people in it are nominated. But you know, I really feel like Jason Sudeikis needs a win after all he's been through with Harry Styles. So, And I think this is that win. Okay. I don't feel strongly about any man in this particular category. I do watch Shameless. I haven't seen the most recent season. Um, I just feel like I'm a, I'm a little mad at William H. Macy. Do you know why? Of course. Why? Because he just like let his wife go yeah. through it on her own. He let his wife like take the whole blame for the college admission scandal. And his life is so ineffective. Like Lori Loughlin, like try getting a job. William H. Macy getting nominated for Emmys. And it's like technically they did the same thing. Yeah. Well, not technically because there was like no paper trail of him really participating in the way that. But like the his family did. did, no. Yeah, but it's all about like who sent the right emails. the evidence. I understand. It just seems weird to me. Like it he is just a left weird. his wife out to dry and like let her go to jail. Like, no, it is a little weird for sure. Okay, but maybe there was really nothing he could do. So why should the two of them be suffer? Down? Yeah, and I mean they're still married, so like I think they've worked through it. Yeah, and Shameless is good. So, but yeah, no, definitely that's the first thing I think of. Okay, like, good. Because I, I feel like it's literally the last thing people think of because he was so not implicated at all, like in the media, in anything. Yeah. Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Hannah Einbinder, Hacks, Cecily Strong, SNL, Aidy Bryan, SNL, Kate McKinnon, SNL, Juno Temple, Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham, Ted Lasso, Rosie Perez, The Flight Attendant. Um, okay. You feel strongly about anything? Of Kate McKinnon, 100%. Like, she's a runner. She's a track star. <laughs> she's, yeah. I think the girl, Hannah Einbinder, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think she was so great in Hacks. Like, she was actually the one thing that made me, like, like be annoyed at the show. Ooh, okay, good to know. Yeah. Best supporting actor in a comedy. Carl Clemens Hopkins, Hacks, Bowen Yang, SNL, Keenan Thompson, SNL, Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso, Brendan Hunt, Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad, Ted Lasso, Jeremy Swift, Ted Lasso, Paul Reiser, The Kaminsky Method. Okay, so it's like the four shows that are being nominated, like Ted Lasso. In comedy so far. This oh, is the right. And then these are the shows for best comedy. Who's the guy from Hacks? What's his mm, name? Carl Clemens Hopkins. Wonder who he played. He was a supporting actor. Yeah, I'm assuming maybe that's like her agent. I can't think of any other. It was, the, assistant. the assistant. Oh, okay. Show's best comedy. Okay. So, Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris. That is a joke. <gasps> that's a really funny joke. Uh, oh, that's you're a hist- kidding no, that's me. hysterical. That's comedy. This, this is like these award shows want to be taken legitimate, taken seriously. They want. And then they do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're kidding me. There's more. Hacks, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Pen15, Ted Lasso. Hacks. Give it a hacks, okay. obviously. Moving on. Wait. I can't get over Emily in I Paris. I know, but like, what are we going to do about it? Talk about it. It's crazy. First of all, it's not a comedy. No. <laughs> at all. Second of all, it's trash. So if this is the bar, where are the real housewives? Like, seriously. Yeah. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Where's Why Women Kill? Hmm? Literally. Oh, that's so funny that you mentioned that. I caught up on the most recent season yesterday. Is it worth for me to keep pushing through? Yeah, it's like frustrating. Alma's being a dumb bitch. No, once Alma... Okay, just going to spoil it really quickly. Once the neighbor... Did I talk about this Yeah, already? we talked about when it When the neighbor fell and, and they she decided, decided instead not, of to call the police... She's going to like team up with her murderous husband and just hide the neighbor. And like, it gets worse because they're so dumb together. I, can't, I actually can't watch. I know. I can't watch. Okay. okay. <laughs> Best actress in a drama. Emma Karin, The Crown... Uzo Aduba in Treatment, Olivia Coleman The Crown, Elizabeth Moss, The Handmaid's Tale, MJ Rodriguez, Pose, Journey Smollett, Lovecraft Country. Journey, Any relation sister, to Juicy? Yes, I believe Journey is um, Juicy's sister, sister of, but I'm just going to confirm that, but I'm pretty, pretty sure. 
Got it. Oh, yes. Jeremy yes. was in Friday Night Lights. Sister. Oh, sister of Justice Moulier. She must be so proud. Um, I don't really feel strongly about any of these categories, but happy for all the winners. Yeah, I always love the crown. You know me. Yeah, uh, Olivia Coleman. I would give it to just because she's iconic. Yeah, she hasn't already won yet for the role. Yeah, I believe she has. Best actor in a drama. Drama. Oh, God. Oh, it's so dramatic. Josh O'Connor, The Crown. Billy Porter, Pose. Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us. Oh, I'm sorry. When they release these lists, they should really put in parentheses what their characters' names is. Because sometimes in The Crown, I don't know any of those people's names in real Prince life. Charles. Ooh, he was so good. He, he made me like. He was despise. so bad. He was so good. He actually was excellent. Yeah. Reggie Jean Page, Bridgerton. Oh. Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft Country. Matthew Reese, Perry Mason. So was. The Duke of Hastings, the only one nominated from Bridgerton? So far, mm. looks like it. Best Supporting Actress in a Drama? Actually, you know what? I'm just going to move on to the best drama because yeah. we, we've got to move quickly. Best Drama, overall shows. The Boys, Them Boys, Them Boys. What show is that? Never heard of it. Bridgerton. That, we love to see that. The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Pose, This Is Us. Well, this Is Us, please. This is a lot of nominees, like eight. Yeah, it, it is like a lot. lot. Best actress in a limited series or TV movie. Michaela Cole, I May Destroy You. Ooh, I do feel some type of way towards Michaela. I do. I, I have no idea what that is or who no, that no, is. No, I'm rooting, rooting for Kay Cole. Oh, you're rooting for Kayla. Okay, yeah, me too. Elizabeth Olsen, WandaVision. I've never seen it, but everybody's it always talking amazing. about it. I'm going to add it to the plate. Doesn't know if it's going to get eaten, but add it to the plate. It's been on my plate for a while, and it's starting to get moldy. Like, it ain't happening. <laughs> Cynthia Erivo, Genius Aretha. Anya Taylor-Joy, The Queen's Gambit, mm. has my vote all the way. Kate Winslet, Mare of Easton. Olivia keeps telling me to watch Mare of Easton. Easton? <laughs> That's how the kids it's say Mayor it. It's Mare of Easttown. They say Easton. The ones who speak just colloquially about it. No, it's Mare of Easttown. And they're just like, Easton, Easton. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, yeah. Um, okay, best actor in a limited series or TV movie. The limited series are always the best. Like Queen's yeah. Gambit, yeah. The Undoing, Hugh Grant is nominated. Oh my God, I forgot about that mm-hmm. show. Wow, but that was Nicole dark. Kidman was not nominated. I think that's fair because, I mean, I think they, bo- I think they both were really good, but I, Hugh Grant, his acting, like... Was impeccable. He, it was impeccable. Like, were you a sociopath or were you not? Like That's w- true. In terms of, like, out of the two of them, if only one of them had to get nominated, it should have been him. But, like, now that we know that Emily in Paris is eligible for some sort of nomination, uh, they should just give it to Nicole Kidman. You know yeah. what I mean? Paul Bettany, WandaVision, Ewan McGregor, Halston, Lin-Manuel Ooh. Miranda, Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr., Hamilton, from the Hamilton that was filmed right, right, right. and put online. Very interesting. You know, I actually take back what I said when I said that I'm probably not going to watch the Emmys because I've never seen any of the shows. I've actually seen a lot of them. It was a great year for TV. Yeah, it was. Outstanding limited series overall. The Underground Railroad, The Queen's Gambit, I May Destroy You, WandaVision, Mayor of Easton. So, Easttown. So, Mayor of Easttown. So, The Undoing wasn't even nominated for a limited series. That's crazy because it was really like a cultural shift, you know? Like, we were, maybe it was like not that good. We were just so bored. We, yes. But it was good. It, it was that. It was good enough, but we were also so bored. Yeah. I really do love a limited series. Me too, actually, now that I think so about it. So many of my favorite shows, like Queen's Gambit, I think is like the gold standard yeah. for television. And it was a one season wonder. WandaVision is a one season wonder. Yeah. Also Chernobyl, that one a few years ago. If you guys haven't seen it, you've got to. I haven't seen it, and I feel like people are always talking about, like, what happened in Chernobyl, and I feel really stupid because I have actually no idea what the hell people are talking about. 
you should watch Chernobyl. It's a really crazy story. I know. I'm just like in the middle of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars, and like, <laughs> no, honestly, like that's where my priorities are, and it's so good. Okay, that's. Oh, you know what? RuPaul's Drag Race is nominated. Oh, of, as for it should be. Outstanding competition program, along with the Amazing Race, nailed it. Top Chef, and this is the voice. Okay, I feel like RuPaul's Drag Race wins every year, and they deserve to because they've really put on quite a show this past year we're so grateful all stars i have to say when i first started watching i was like this is not it just because like i didn't know any of the queens and they're like kind of from old older seasons but i'm on episode three now so good i mean obviously eureka wins because she's so it's actually crazy how famous she is outside of the show like she had her own show on hbo she's just like such a such a star also uh ginger minge is an icon and a legend and asia o'hara too nice Okay, there's tons of other nominees, but the show must go on. So check it out. Um, those are the big categories. And, you know, may the best show win, even though it probably won't because it's all based on, like, bribes. May whatever show tipped, like, bribed the, the bribe HFPA the most, best. Get the most bang for their buck. And I guess that's going to be Emily in Paris. A hundred percent. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Kate Moss is the new face of Skims. I saw. Wow. From Calvin Klein to Skims on Tuesday, Kim announced Kate Moss is the new face of her billion-dollar shapewear and loungewear line. In Skims' summer campaign, the 47-year-old fashion legend poses topless in boxer briefs from the brand and other shots she models bras and undies in shades of black, white, and nude. Kim said, I first met Kate in 2014 through Ricardo Tishi and was instantly struck by her cheeky humor, authentic and classic beauty. We've been friends ever since. She is the fashion icon defining a whole generation of style and I'm honored to feature her as the new face of Skims this summer. It's so true. I mean, first of all, this like is kind of like a really big deal. Like, yeah. This makes Skims, like if, if it weren't already like the Olympics making Kim, Skims so legitimate, this just kind of is like the... The nail in the coffin, but, like, not in a bad way. Like, in a yes, good way. Yes. The, the nail in, in the flower box or something. Um, so thrilling. I was shocked when I saw it. And I just have to say, literally yesterday, I ordered the Olympics collection. And I got an email the same day that it shipped out. So that's just customer service for you. When I literally ordered that 818 vest months ago, and I got an email this morning that it shipped. Oh, well, that's exciting that it shipped. I'm actually wearing skims today. I'm wearing a leotard underneath my Juicy tracksuit. Um, what'd you get from the Olympics collection? I, I was like so excited to buy stuff, but then when it was all broken out singularly, I was like, oh, there's not actually anything that I need. Let me tell you, I got that, like that, I don't know what other people call it. I call it the relaxation bra, but it's like a soft sleep bra. That's what she calls it. Um, I got the white biker shorts, like boxer slash biker shorts okay. and, um, pajamas, like gray Cute. Pants and long sleeve pajamas. Her pajamas are really comfortable. Yeah. The waistband is like a little tight. That's okay. Um, I'm just so thin. Like it doesn't really affect me. (laughs) No, that's just my take. Um, This is really exciting. No, I mean, Paige Six Styles has it best. Like she was the face of Calvin Klein and now it's the next undie line she's going to do is skims. Like that's actually so true. That's just an interesting factoid. Oh, but I didn't even think of it like that in, as in like the underwear space, but that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a really big deal. Very happy for her. We saw them gallivanting around Rome together, like going to the Vatican together. And I was like, oh, this is a cute friendship. Didn't know it was layered. And I absolutely loved it. Didn't thing. know it was also a business partnership collaboration. Yeah. Like Kim probably expensed their trip to the Vatican because it's a business thing. Maybe they shot skims in the Vatican. That'd be sick. That would be actually like sick and twisted and like and, sacrilegious. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> totally yeah so congrats to skims fam um i feel like kim is just killing it like she's coming out of this divorce like really just an empowered woman yeah making moves left and right 
Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see where she, what she does next, who she does next. I know. We're all waiting with bated breath. Truly. Are you ready for a little, I guess, programming news sure. that I found interesting and I'm personally happy about? Nicolas Cage won't portray Tiger King's Joe Exotic as Amazon has shelved the project. Oh, it I is, think that's quote, for the best. No, no longer relevant. Yeah. After a highly anticipated Tiger King scripted series was announced last year, Amazon and star Nicolas Cage have chosen not to move forward with the project. We should clear the record, he said. I read two excellent scripts, which I did think were excellent, but I think Amazon ultimately felt that it was material that had become past tense because it took so long for it to come together. Yeah. They felt at one point that it was lightning in a bottle, but that yep. point has since faded into the distance and it's no longer relevant. Agreed. Thank you. Because if it would have come out, it would have like continued this torturous like tiger king that, that torturous tiger king, tiger king is like honestly it's i don't know if other people feel this way it is symbolic it's ptsd for me like it's yeah. symbolic of the worst time ever and honestly nicholas cage said it perfectly like if they had wanted to really capture the momentum and and strike while the iron is hot it needed to have come out over a year ago so the fact that it didn't and it would have come out maybe at the end of this year or next year. I'm so grateful to Amazon, Nicolas Cage, and everyone involved in that decision for not subjecting us to Joe Exotic. Like, now when I see things on Joe Exotic, I just, like, roll my eyes so hard. Like, it's not funny. Agreed. The only thing that I just want to say is, like, there were two projects happening at the same yes. time, and the other one is still happening. It's in the works at Peacock, and that one is starring John Cameron Mitchell and Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon would be a great Carol Baskin. Um, I do think that the Amazon one when there were going to be two, would have been much bigger and much more successful than the Peacock one. So I'm less threatened by the Peacock one. And hopefully this decision from Amazon will inspire those at Peacock to follow to their lead. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also just that even if there's one, you know, it's it's less, less than, than two. It's less than it's less than two. One is less than two. Yeah. One plus one equals sock. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And please forget Joe Exotic like I'm so out of that headspace like even when Kim dressed up as him for Halloween with Jonathan as Joe Exotic like I was so disappointed in her lack of creativity like it's so honestly chuggy it's chuggy okay Joe Exotic is chuggy yeah I just still want to say I never watched Tiger King but I think you guys knew that oh my god so you're talking all this shit. no but like that's how much like just the fanfare annoyed me. yeah you know, it, was, everyone, it was annoying and especially like knowing I just know in my soul it wasn't that good uh, no no you, you don't need to know it in your soul I could tell you it was not that good right Ben so I, was like obsessed with it no I I seriously can't like it does definitely hark back to a, a very dark time yeah there's like a couple tv shows or activities like I honestly can't knit anymore like I'm just brought back to such a dark place in my life yeah things that I really love to do at the height of quarantine that now if I pick it up I just like shudder at the thought any other shows there well I told you I, I watched RuPaul's Drag Race at like the worst time in quarantine but the show is so good like even the PTSD can't bring me down. The only other show that I really think of in that like pocket of quarantine that was like so isolating mm -hmm. is Outer Banks. Yeah. And I actually just saw a headline that the season for the trailer for season two just dropped and I'm definitely going to watch because I liked it so much. But like I remember watching that. It like, does have after, a tinge. After being hung over after a Zoom. Um, Oof. A Zoom night out. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted. And like, it just has that association for me. I 100% feel that. I was so that. hungover from our Zoom. Yeah. Like, ooh. We used to get crazy on the Zoom. We used to get crazy on the Zoom. We drank so much. No, dead ass. I actually threw up one night from <laughs> a Zoom. One night. I had five of the double, the big white claws. So I had 10 white claws. That's insane. And I remember closing my computer and we were done. And I'm like walking down the hall and it's like really like dizzying. 
And I'm like, I get into bed. I'm like, Ben, I think I'm going to throw up. And he's like, go for it. Honestly, White Claw gives me that PTSD because I really went hard on White Claw like for the first time in my life during COVID. Interesting. That is so funny. It's embarrassing. Like, what'd you do during COVID? Oh, I just threw up. Like, <laughs> I just like had a bottle of wine on Zoom. <laughs> literally. It was no, so pathetic. Literally. But we did the most. Like, we literal, were playing Quiplash. I had bottles of wine on Zoom. Yeah. Bottles. No, I remember... Um, you and Margo were living like two blocks from each other and someone and ran I, out of wine. I finished my whole bottle of wine that I got for the Zoom for the big night out and I actually met Margo in the street and she brought me another bottle of wine. Yeah, like it was so desperate. <laughs> so desperate. Crazy times, man. Crazy times. So anyways, nobody wants Tiger King anymore. Yeah, That's please. the moral of the story. Okay, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. It's a little history news. I'm sorry, you guys, Ooh. but it's just so interesting. The Titanic news. OceanGate submarine makes a first dive to the Titanic wreck site and captures photos of debris. Oh, that's pretty sick. Um, so you know the Titanic is still like in the ocean. No, I, there. I did not know that. They honestly. did not excavate it because doing so would kind of it's it's pretty much like intact underwater. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and so some fish is like living the life of luxury. Oh, one hundred percent first class. Champagne. Yeah, literally, like his palace, like it's the, like a shark. the king fish. Yeah, 100%. Um, but the Titanic is slowly vanishing from the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, the victim of bacteria that's been eating away at the ship's hull for almost 110 years. This week, the undersea exploration company OceanGate sent a team of scientists 12,500 feet below to digitally map what's left of the world's most famous shipwreck. The crew took photos of never-before-seen artifacts, including a stained glass window and a piece of floor tile. Um, isn't that littering? <laughs> Like, dropping your boat in the ocean and, like, not picking it up. And the oceans are already polluted. Okay, it's littering, it's murder, it's a lot of things. No, I just, like, it's kind of weird to me, the concept, like, that they didn't just clean it up. Like, Well, it took them a while to find it. Oh. It wasn't until 1985 that it was discovered. Oh, right, I guess, like, no police came. Like, it was in the middle of the ocean. No, but they were saving, like, lives. They weren't going to, like, collect debris. Got it. And then it sunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not until 1985 did they did they find it at the bottom of the ocean. I just feel like in some ways I've let my generation down because, like, you and, like, so many, everyone's, like, obsessed with the Titanic. Obsessed. And I didn't really even like the movie. And When's the last time you saw the movie? Like, I was, like, five. Okay, I saw the movie. This is just, like, this episode is always, it's so much about my drinking and my hangovers. <laughs> we went to the Bahamas a few years ago, and yeah. I got so drunk one night. I also think I was poisoned because, like, I was so sick. I was so oh, sick. Oh, I remember that night. Yeah, 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 And then yeah, the yeah. next day, I could not leave the hotel room, and Titanic was on VH1 or whatever, or mm-hmm. MTV, and I watched the whole movie with commercials, and I was so fascinated, riveted, that I had to, like, go and learn so much more stuff about it, and you need, like, you need to watch it as an adult. But I just, like, hate watching movies where, like, something sad happens. So, like, the whole time, it's like, Rose, I'm the king of the world. And then it's like, we just know all these people, spoiler alert, like, are going to die. And it's sad. Like, I don't like that. It gives me a pit. Yeah, I know. But while you're watching it, you're like, maybe they could, maybe Victor Garber could swerve on this iceberg. Can we also talk about how watching a movie on cable is literally the most torturous thing ever? Yesterday, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody while I was eating dinner. The commercials were killing me. Like, every five minutes. It's such an unenjoyable experience. I kept thinking to myself, I understand people who cut cords. Like, this is torture. Yeah. No, it, it was it was rough, but that's how much, that's how engrossed I was in the film. With the Titanic. That yeah. I sat through every single commercial, and you know it's like a four-hour movie. Right. You Six should, hours with commercials. You should really... It was my whole hangover day. Yeah. You should really watch it. It's such a fascinating, crazy story. I'll think about it. So many great celeb cameos... 
Yeah, Victor Garber. Victor Garber is the ship's captain, and he tried, but other forces were trying to get there. They were trying to like break the record of not only does it have to be the biggest, nicest ship to cross the sea, but get there the fastest time. And they were go- moving. They were way- doing too much. They were doing the most. Yeah, I did see a conspiracy theory actually on TikTok, um, completely unverified, that like the Titanic was done on purpose because like one of these really rich guys was on it and he was like blocking some decision at the Federal Reserve. I don't know. So they had to kill 1,500 people. Right, yeah. It was, a, it was a major stretch. But like because that guy did die, today we have the Federal Reserve. or Some, some shit like that. Interesting. Send it to me. Yeah, no. It actually like <laughs> kind of tracked. <laughs> That's really crazy. Yeah. Couldn't they just have it like had one agent just throw him overboard? No, right. Like why kill all those innocent, lovely families? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, that's your Titanic news of the day, and I feel as though you need to know it. And if you haven't watched Titanic as an adult, treat yourself. And if you're an adult who only recently found out that it's based on a true story, and all those people did in fact die, don't fret, because I was there like a year ago. But other people survived too. They did? Yeah, there were lifeboats. There were oh, not yeah, Rose. enough. There were not enough. That's not a true. The, the love story is not true. No, but Rose technically survived on the door yes, when yes, she could have made space for because there him. were lifeboats on the boat. And once again, there were not enough lifeboats for how many passengers were on the boat. There was never going to be. But, you know, they had women and children uh, get on some of the lifeboats and um, some people survived. Interesting. Yeah. You should watch it. No, because that scene, you know the scene. All the water starts like running down the hallway. Yeah. And, and then, then all the, those the, people the gates are come the down. Gate. Yeah. I I honestly like I can't watch it it's so it's so upsetting you're right and actually watched another TikTok of how they filmed that scene with the water how um very complex I can't really explain it to you in layman's terms you'll have to watch it anytime you see a Titanic TikTok I will I will I should read a book about the Titanic yeah you should are you ready for our fifth and final story wow so fast yeah it's a little poop news I think I'm okay we already ate the Kraft mac and cheese <laughs> ice cream. Tel Aviv will test dog poop DNA to oh. find owners who don't clean up. I actually meant to send this to you because I wanted to talk about it on the toast, so I'm so glad you brought it up. Tel Aviv has found an innovative way of dealing with dog owners who don't clean up after their pets in the city streets. Texting testing the excrement's DNA and sending a fine to the owner by mail. The city council on Monday approved a motion setting up a DNA database and stating that dog owners will be required to submit their pets' genetic details to authorities upon receiving or renewing a license. This is so funny. This is so crazy. Let me tell you why. And I feel a many a different way about it, but I just love that Tel Aviv's like so focused on like cleaning up their city you know and I wish we had that sort of energy here because like I don't I'm not even worried about dog shit I'm worried about stepping on like used needles and chicken wings like it's just wild out here so jealous of that now as a dog it's like how much stuff have they cleaned up to get to the point of evaluating dog poop DNA they must have no other trash problems it, it must be the last remaining you know obstacle in the street in the littering realm yes So here are my thoughts as a dog owner and as a pedestrian. I'm I'm thrilled about the decision and also slightly annoyed if if it were me, if I lived in Tel Aviv or if we had that law here because it's so disgusting. Like I see it all the time, poop on the street. It like flies, swarm it. Like it's vile, especially in the summer. Like it smells, people don't notice, they step in it. It's just like so torturous. But... As dog owners, sometimes duty calls, you're not prepared. And what are you supposed to do? Pick it up with your hands? 
Theo's leash doesn't have poop bags on it. Okay, so I don't know if other dog owners have this problem. Because I've never had Theo, uh, Bruno poop and I didn't have what to pick it up. Okay, it happens to me all the time. I have bought a thousand and one of those little leash clip-on. scrolls. Yeah, you clip it on and then you refill. It somehow, one way or another, a week later is gone. Whether it's Ben or the dog, like it's always gone. Mm-hmm. So I don't always have, no, I don't always have a bag. Okay, well, I feel like if this were to come to your city, like, you could be better prepared. Like, Bruno's leash has this whole contraption on it that has treats and bags mm-hmm. with it. And it doesn't just disappear because it's, like, part of the leash. Yeah. Um, I just so you would have to just be better prepared. Yeah. I, and I, you know what? That's a small price to pay to clean up these streets. I know. It is, like, a little, like, no offense for dogs. Like, it's a little invasive, like, for the dogs, yeah. you know? Like, to be embarrassed like that. And what is the process of getting your dog's shit into the database? Your dog's DNA. I think it's, like, when you register your dog for, like, their license and their chip and whatnot, yeah. you're also, they take a big I just feel like that's hard to maintain. Like, how are you going to... And who's testing it? Like, is it, <laughs> is, are there police officers who come around and test Aaron poop? Or they don't get it, paid enough for that. No, or is it civilians? Like, oh, there's a poop. I'm going to, It's a citizen's know. arrest. <laughs> so I look forward to hearing more details about this. Um, it's really crazy, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do, D. Yeah. So true. I think it's an interesting concept. I'll, I'm and curious anything, to see how it works out in Tel Aviv. If anything, it will strike fear into the people who don't pick up their dog's poop and maybe they'll pick it up more. It reminds me of like those swimming pools where if you pee, it's yes. the water. And it's like, I've actually never been in a pool where that happened. But, but once just, I heard that they might exist. I, I mean, I'm not someone, maybe as a kid, I peed in the pool more, you know, for having a good time and I just didn't want to get out. But um, it definitely was always in the front of my mind, like, oh, I should go use the restroom. Yeah, no, it's a scare. It's a fear tactic. I too don't know if those pools actually exist but the thought that you might be in one is enough to make you just get up and go pee and not pee in the pool a hundred percent and starts getting like purple all around yeah again have never actually seen it in practice (laughs) but it's like i don't know if it's like an urban legend or something but it might exist it's fucking genius genius (laughs) it's like i think that's actually something like boomers did to scare our generation and i think it worked i know we need to instill it in our children as well a hundred percent um let's dive into the tv recap segment which is brought to you by halo collar You guys know our dogs, Bruno and Theo, are a huge part of our families, and that's why when it comes to keeping Theo and Bruno safe, happy, and secure, we knew that the Halo collar was the only collar we could use. Halo is the only smart system with a collar that trains, tracks, and protects your dog so they, they can safely run free. They set up Halo fences by walking with the perimeter around your with your collar or at the touch of your finger in the Halo app. You can train with natural, simple, profound communication via the custom feedback you set for your dog. It can even include in your voice. You can stay connected to your dog and see how they're doing from activity to safety status anytime you want. It has GPS without cell or Wi-Fi, and you can create up to 20 fences instantly. The included 21-day training program sets you up for success. So if you want to learn more about Halo, they have a 90-second video on shophalocollar.com slash toast to set it up. We have both used it now for a few months. It's so premium. Love the GPS feature. So easy to set up. Love having it all on your phone in the app. It's just like really, even if you're not technologically savvy, I feel like you can set it up really, really fast. I mean, there's so many advantages. Like if you have a yard and you want to set up fences, it's really smart. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of this special limited time introductory offer today. Save 20% on your Halo Collar by going to shophalocollar.com slash toast. That's shophalocollar.com dot com slash toast to save the 20 percent and you must use that link to get the 20 percent off it can only be gotten at shop halocollar.com slash toast sign on protect your pups it's the only thing that matters in this life it's so true all right let's take a trip to salem pa no massachusetts ma and talk about the real housewives of new york last night because i actually 
have something to say. I have something to say. I don't know where everyone else stands. I just need to plant my flag in the ground and let you know that I'm 100% team Bershawn. Me too. 100%. Let me tell you why. Please do. One, because she's interesting. Like, there was actually a fight. Thank God. Two. She's not wrong. <laughs> Bless you. Sneezed on it. It's, it's true. true. She's completely justified in saying, you guys are like grandmas. You're kind of boring. She thinks she's going on a Real Housewives girls trip. She shows up to look at an old 1600s cabin and eat at a library. Like, she's 100% she's right. She's 100% right. If you look at the group, two of the women are sober. Sonia can't have more than one drink. Ebony's dealing with grief and tragedy. And so it's just Ramona who's there, like, ready to dance on tables. Like, you women, like, no offense, because everyone has their own stuff going on, but you're boring. You're grandmas. I'm someone- and by the way, I don't even think you need to drink to not be boring, but my God, are Ebony and Leah boring? Uh, not Ebony, uh, Leah and Luann boring. 100%. I am someone who like, we could go on a girl's trip and maybe I won't drink and you would say you're boring, you're a grandma. And I'd say, I know, and this is my choice. Like for them to get so defensive over her calling them grandmas, like when there was no lie involved, it was really so crazy when like, and they came for her so, so hard. So Leah hard. and Ebony like getting up and leaving. Like the fact that they sat in the restaurant in the Hamptons while Sonia Morgan had a complete fucking breakdown saying such mean things to Ramona about how Mario left her, doesn't love her, saying like such mean things. Nobody said anything. Nobody got up from the table. But when Bershawn calls Sonia a clown, sorry, which was funny, uh, everyone is suddenly has this moral compass that's leading them out of the restaurant. Like, it's so dramatic. And, like, they're making her feel so much worse. She didn't do anything that crazy. Like, no. And she was just stirring shit up. And, like, it was time. Something needed to be stirred. Yeah, 100%. Also, her calling Sonia a clown, like, eh, eh, twerking, like, that's exactly what Sonia does. That's what I was trying to say yesterday when we we're talking about like the women who behave badly. And it's like, it's Sonia. She yeah. is a clown. Like she her has, in the elevator, she couldn't even stand up. Right. Like, and she says it herself. She can't have like more than one drink, which she often does. And like clown comes out. Where was the lie? No, she's speaking facts. A hundred percent. And also Leah and Ebony are just like kind of hypocritical because the whole time they've been like, everyone's so mean to Sonia, like making fun of, you know, her talking about her past life. And then literally at that 1600s cabin, wherever the hell they were, they're talking so much shit about Sonia. They're doing the exact thing that they've accused everyone of doing all season. Right. And you know what? It's taken Luann and R Ramona about 10 seasons to really like, you know, hit Get Sonia to with tough love and not mm -hmm. be able to put up with it anymore. It took... Leah and Ebony three episodes yeah before they're like we can't hear this anymore yeah so I just thought the whole episode was so hypocritical and so boring like she's right like you girls are boring and I feel like it was really symbolic of like what housewives should be and what housewives is currently like Bershawn probably knows what the show is about thinks she's gonna come and have a great time and literally they're sitting in a library yeah and I get like COVID of course but you gotta make something happen like yeah. come on no and it's also because a lot of them don't drink and Unfortunately, that is where a like a big source of drama. I think sometimes, and especially with these women in the past, like it goes to a place where it's not Too entertaining dark. at all. But you know, with all the other shows, it's like you know, liquid a little bit of like courage, and they, they definitely get into worse fights than they would have if they weren't drinking. Right. So, but sometimes the show drinks so much that they all go crazy, and in the morning they don't remember and they don't like care to. And then it's just stupid because we're going in circles like with no point. That yeah. was like when Dorinda was on the show. Yeah. Bershawn was 100% right. They're having like this dinner with like red wine and they're just like sitting there and it's boring and it's been a boring trip so far. So boring. And just think about the day that they've had. Like just think about the day. They literally went to that like colonial, I don't know what it was. Like, like looking Pilgrim at, House. Yeah, Pilgrim looking at like the outhouse 
And then they go to a quiet dinner, drink red wine, and are supposed to, she's like, where are we going? The library, which is so appropriately named. Like, yeah. It's just so, she's right. Like, it's so boring. Yeah. And this is not what she signed up for. No. And so I think everyone was, like, so defensive and heated. I think, I really, I mean, all season, they clearly seem to think that, like, people are going to agree with them. You yeah. Know? And I don't, I don't know. I, I read some tweets, and it seemed like people were like, thank God for Bershawn. Like, yeah. Like, things up. Um, I don't know where everyone else stands, but, like, uh, I thought the reaction was so unwarranted. And then when they got back to the library, Ebony and Leah telling Bershawn that Ramona set her up. I didn't really follow that logic because basically Bershawn was just doing like housewife things. She's like, oh, Leah, I don't know why everyone hates you. You're great. Like, that's what housewives do. And then they somehow are saying like Ramona set her up when I don't think Ramona is like that calculated and manipulative. No, and also when they flash back to Ramona talking to Bershawn about Leah, like I thought everything Ramona said was actually really respectful and truthful, but also like not rude at all. And it's crazy because like Leah expects Ramona to speak so glowingly about her in front of her, behind her back, when Leah says the absolute worst things to Ramona she about Sonia. Ramona. She called Sonia and was like, I just spoke to Ramona. She gave me a splitting right. headache. Like, she, Leah cannot, is, Leah comes so hard for Ramona, but also, like, ex, like thinks that they're friends and expects Ramona to say nothing but nice things about her when, like, Leah is so disrespectful towards Ramona. So I actually think what Ramona said about Leah was really nice. I think Leah might be having one of the worst sophomore seasons of any housewife in history. How she went from being so beloved to so hated, like, by everyone unanimously is shocking. Yeah. I did like the moment where um, Ebony revealed that her grandmother had passed away that morning and like Ramona and all the women like stood up and were like hugging her. Um, I thought it was sweet and like it had been such a weird night before that. And I think it was like kind of the unifying moment that they all needed, even though I didn't understand Leah like breaking down and crying, like making it about herself. Right. I imagine she was crying because like like just grandmother's passing is is a hard topic for her right now. Yes. Yeah. It was just like a kind of twisted episode. Sonia Morgan figuring out how to drink red wine through a face mask was, I was shocked. Yeah. Like, in tears. Yeah. It looks like next week they're going to talk to her, like, about her drinking. Yeah, they used, they did that a couple seasons ago. And I actually really thought that she didn't have a drinking problem because she did go a few seasons as dead sober. And she, just yeah. she wanted to prove everyone, like, I'm not a drunk. Like, I drink a lot, but I can also not drink. I don't think that she's, like, a drunk. I just think alcohol really hits her in a wrong way. You know, like almost yeah. like she's allergic. Yeah, like the slurring and the because it, it it her tolerance is so low. Yeah, yeah, but the, and maybe it wouldn't have seemed like such a big deal if this no one in this group was drinking and this group was actually full of full of sober women. Like, yeah, maybe it just stands out more because I feel like she's actually had it really under control for a while. But this is just like not a turn up group anymore, like yeah. at all. Not at all. And I also think it's after last retirement central. After last night's episode, um, this rumor that Ramona is the one who's going to be fired, like, that's, again, like, not the, the remedy for the season. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, Ramona not being there last night would have done nothing. I really do like Bershawn, though. I think she has majeure potential. Me too. I hope they don't, like, shut her out after this. Yeah. Um, and then Love Island was on. Yes. And I just want to just say my thoughts on the episode that came before last night that you had shared because it was interesting to see things shaken up. I take back what I said about Shannon because I thought I thought in the first episode like she I didn't like her attitude. But then I really liked how she came for Josh, laid it all out there, like didn't mince words, like let him know how she felt Mm -hmm. and also was like vulnerable enough to, you know, would rather be interested in him and see where it goes than like just boot him from the show and, and, you know, prematurely. So, um yeah, it was it was definitely 
things are picking up. I thought last night's episode was so good. First of all, the Cinco Cache Trina love triangle has left me feeling shook, and let me tell you why. Because when when Cinco and Cache kind of ended up as, as a couple, not by choice, just kind of by default, I was like, all right, they'll they'll find other people for each other, and I didn't really ship them, but I feel like they really built like something nice. Like they have a nice friendship, and even when they show like the whatever how long conversations that they have on like the bench or whatever like they're always laughing they're laughing and their conversations are substantial as opposed to other people it's like how are you feeling i feel like there's a good good. vibe between us like the way that they talk like the whole show is really i I know people talking about things like their feelings and things but not really like acting on their feelings yeah and but i i don't feel that way with cinco and cash like i feel like they're having real conversations a hundred percent and so when Trina and don't get me wrong I really do feel bad for Trina like Jeremy fucked her like she has nothing going on right now um so when she was like being a Jezebel like running around the house like trying to kiss Cinco I was really upset with her for a multitude of reasons one Cache is her friend and they had like a really nice conversation at the beginning of the show being like we are sisters like no one can understand like what it's like to be here as a black woman I felt like they had a really strong bond and for her to just like go behind her back and try and kiss her man when Cache is like so into Cinco I was really mad at her like for real and I thought Cache's response was completely appropriate and their conversation like Cache just fucking let it out I love when people are like let me finish it's just the best like I love it so I, I'm Okay, whatever. So they worked it out, but Trina's still actively pursuing Cinco. Yes. And I don't know how I feel about that. In the beginning, I really shipped it, but now it's like, girl, you waited too long. Sorry. It's been a day. No, it's been I, like five episodes. Okay, I sort I, I hear what you're saying, but I feel a little bit differently because I, I want Trina to find the love that she so, so desires. I. Not with Cinco. But all, the name of this game is like, they are still in their first week of being coupled up, Cinco and Cash, really. And like, you got to explore your connections. And Trina and Cinco have a connection. I know. It was really sad during the kissing booth challenge, which I want to talk about in a minute, when they were kissing and Cache was like, she like admitted like that she they have a connection. And that like maybe it should be Trina and not her. But that just made me sad because like Cash deserves love. She's such a good friend to all the girls. And like she's really like probably out of all the girls, one I feel like I know the best. Yeah. She actually opens up. Yeah. I... I agree. The kissing challenge was like really crazy. There's too much kissing in challenges and not enough kissing outside yes! of challenges. That kind of bothers me about the show because it's like, it's just too much kissing for when they're not like romantic. Romantic. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. How like they really never kiss except for Will. Except and when they're Kira. like dared to kiss. By Will the- and Kira. Like they're oh my god. So they're like kind of annoying me. They're anno- they are because they are like so attached, so hot and heavy, and like that and fizzles out so fast. I do feel like it's a flame that's gonna fizzle quickly. When he rated her kiss a nine, I was like, oh. He said it was a nine, and then when he was talking with the guys, he said it was like such a different kiss. They've never kissed like that before. It was so intense. They were so connected. So why'd you give it a nine? He was just lying. Like, Maybe he's just like a really harsh critic. Like Dana will read a book on redheads and be like, it was the best book I ever read. So incredible. 4.2. Got it. You know? Honestly, the best part of the episode was when they both separated the girls and the boys and they were talking about who was the best and worst kisser because when they all agreed that Jeremy was the worst kisser, I swear to God, I lost my mind. Jeremy has went from being like my favorite person in the house to me wanting to see him fail so badly. Like I'm so mad at what he did to Trina. And I was just kind of a loser. And honestly, the stuff that Trina was saying to him, Amy is now also saying to him, like he doesn't know how to be in a relationship. He doesn't know how to be like affectionate or like yeah. show interest and it's like 
frustrating to be in a couple with him. Yeah, he needs to give more. I still really like him, and I felt like Amy's speech about him was really nice when she coupled up with him, and she's like, you're like the angel of the house, which makes me feel good about him, but he needs to give more in a relationship, or else Amy is going to walk out the door. Yeah, and Amy, like, is actually really beautiful. Like, Sickeningly stunning. Every time I see her, I see her, like, with a different face. Yeah, like, like sometimes she looks like Miley Cyrus. Yes! Like, some, like, she's so complex looking. She's gorgeous. She is gorgeous, I agree. Like, she styles herself. Do you think Isaiah's going to choose her or Shannon? Oh. I feel like Shannon. You think? Yeah, he spoke to her twice and only Amy once. Do you think... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him well enough yet. Do you think Cinco's going to choose Cash or Trina? I feel like his head is telling him Cash, but his heart is telling him Trina. But maybe him and Trina just have, like, sexual tension and there's no relationship there. Whereas, like, him and Cash actually... They're teetering on between having, like, one of the most healthy relationships or, like, a pure platonic friendship. Like, I can't tell. I feel like they actually might be really good friends. Yeah. I feel like if he chooses Trina, like, he might regret it really quickly. But if he chooses Cash, even if it doesn't turn into, like, this big romance, like, he would never regret it. It's, like, the solid thing to do. I know. And I just feel like... I just feel like they really could be, like, OTP. Like, I really... When he brings her tea, like, I swear to God, like, I lose my mind. He's so sweet. Oh, my God. When he brings her tea. Twice I think in this Trina episode. Trina saw that and was like, I want tea. No, Trina saw that and wanted to jump off the cliff. Like, yeah. literally, he's... And she could have had it. Like, he was so... He just got paired up with Cachet because there was no one else. And... And he was interested in, in Trina. When, when he and got she there. went for Jeremy. Yeah. But that's also on Trina because Jeremy, like, he doesn't give much. No, and she was just, like, chasing Jeremy for no reason. Like, and also, like, what we did see of their relationship, like, there wasn't substantial conversations being had. No, and that's Jeremy. That's on Jeremy. He's, like, kind of a loser. Like, I really went from, like, being obsessed with him, and now I'm like, I hope everyone breaks up with you. <laughs> like, I just hate him. I'm not there yet with him, but I, can, I understand your feeling. You'll get there. Don't worry. I understand how you're feeling. I just have to say, I'm really loving the journey of, like, watching Love Island. It's Some so fun to have something, like, serious, like, not serious but and good to watch every night. Something else to keep in mind is there is a winning couple at the end of the show that the fans vote on, everyone's favorite couple. I don't even know if that couple is together yet because I don't think there's anyone strong enough. Usually it's the people who have been together the longest, but yeah. sometimes they also have to have, like, a really... They have to be two people that you like so much. So wouldn't these people just be smart and like stay with Cash and Cinco and be so cute the whole time? Like just so they could win? Do you win money? Yeah, you win money and at the end, so it's $100,000 and then the, the couple wins and they each vote if they want to share the money or keep the money. If they both say share, they get to share it. If one of them says keep and the other says share, the, the, keeper, the wins. keeper wins. So it's like, do, were you in it for the money or were you in it for the relationship? Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, it's a final twist. Love to see it. Um, so we'll keep, we'll probably do one more this week. Yeah. Um, it's just good. Like I'm enjoying my life. I'm so glad. And Ben is obsessed. He couldn't believe I got watched it without him last night because he was playing Monopoly. Oh yeah. And so favorite. I had to like in bed, like tell him all the cachet Cinco drama. Like it was so dramatic. Who does he favor? Um, Trina. Yeah. I think he just like thinks she's hot. So <laughs> he doesn't like, he's not as invested emotionally as <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. And like the layered feelings. Yeah. He's just like, and oh the friendship yeah, between. she's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Dear Toasters coming up. Our advice segment is brought to you by the pill club. Life is stressful enough. Access to healthcare shouldn't be. Luckily, getting birth control is one of one less thing you have to worry about because with Pill Club, you'll never have to make a trip to the doctor or wait in line at the pharmacy again. They provide access to care from the comfort of your home and delivery to your door in very discreet packaging. 
So if you need to renew your birth control, you want to switch your birth control, maybe try it for the first time, whether you know the brand you want or you want help finding the best option, the Pill Club medical team has your back. The Pill Club is a birth control subscription prescribed by a medical professional and delivered straight to your door for free. They carry over 120 FDA-approved brands. Most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid. Otherwise, prices start as low as $9 per month without insurance. The Pill Club delivers birth control to your door for free in discreet packaging. And right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash toast, the Pill Club is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.com for every Morning Toast listener who becomes a patient. Your donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through bedsider.org. That's thepillclub.com slash toast to get your first birth control care package and donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember, that's thepillclub.com slash toast. Make sure to use that link if you want the donation. Thank you for that. Okay. Ready. Hello, my queens, Claudia and Jackie. Again, if you ever want to write in, deartoasters at gmail.com. I'm beyond obsessed with the toast. Literally listened to 10,000 minutes of the podcast last year, according to Spotify. I've been hesitant to write in, but I desperately need your advice. I'm a 26-year-old virgin and trying to change this ASAP. I've always dealt with self-esteem issues. Because of this, whenever anyone would show interest in me way back in high school, I would avoid it. The one, then once I got to college, I was beyond embarrassed that I had no sexual experience with anyone, so yet again, I would avoid any advances guys make at me. I felt like everyone else knew exactly what they were doing except for me. It got to the point when, where people assumed I had done it, and truthfully, I wouldn't correct them, so I was terrified of being caught by being obviously inexperienced in the bedroom. I did every other normal college thing, had, had ton of close guys and girlfriends, partied pretty hard, overall super social, just couldn't get myself to do anything with a guy this has become a very vicious cycle fast forward to now i'm still not i'm still in the same boat i don't have many friends because i moved to a new city right before the pandemic and i am in a leadership position at work so i can't mingle with my staff i am so ready to get my lack of experience over with so i can start living my life i truly don't even know where to start or what to do do i find a random hookup and how go on the apps and hope to open up to the right guy who won't think i'm a freak at what point do i bring up my experience before we meet in person how do I get this over with? Just for some context, I live in a big itch city, so lots of people and lots to do. I haven't tried dating apps in six years, no recent pictures, and I'm working on losing my quarantine weight. Same. So I'm not confident with my looks, but I'm so desperate. I don't know if I even care. Signed, an embarrassed toaster. Okay. I really want to change like the whole way you're looking your at outlook. this situation. Because it sounds like you're just wanting to give away your flower. You are in a place in your life where you're like not respecting yourself. And that's just the worst. You will feel so bad afterwards. Trust me. Like you will hate yourself for making a decision in haste. Decide in haste. Repent in, in leisure. leisure. Like I think you need to have a complete 180 on your mindset. Like you are a vision. Like your virginity. And I don't like in our society, not to get all preachy, but where like being a virgin is a negative thing. Like it's your decision. It's not a big deal. Like it's really not. And I just think like the way you're looking at this whole situation, you need to completely turn around because you need to put some value in yourself. Look at yeah. yourself. You are a prize. You are a prize. Really, it's not It's not a bad thing at all. And it's not such a big deal. Yeah. And you don't need to like go out and meet someone just to lose your virginity. I'm pretty sure you will feel really badly if you do that, you'll feel badly afterwards. I think the way that you should approach it is just the way you should approach looking for a relationship. Yeah. First of all, I totally understand gaining quarantine weight. Like, I feel you to my core. Um, but the people that you're going to meet now don't know what you used to look like. like. So true. You know, like, find, like, you can still continue on your journey, but, like, Try and find a way to be, like, confident in who you are right now. Right, and so much of how other people perceive you is how you perceive yourself. And how like, you present yourself. And if you're just, like, doubting yourself, feeling 
down on yourself that other people can read that and it's like if you're this confident queen it doesn't even matter like if you're wearing makeup like people see the confidence shining through it's so true like the the way you look at yourself is really how other people begin to look at you it's, it's the energy you put out definitely so I would say first we need we need to do it an inside, inside out like makeover almost okay. and I think for me like if you want to start getting out there now like Go shopping. Get some stuff that you feel good in right now. You know, the other stuff will wait and will come in time. But, like, get some clothes that you want to go on a date on that you feel your best in. Yeah, go to a spa, get a manicure. Yeah, like, and then get out there. And I think you should be looking for a relationship. And I think once you find a relationship with the right person, like, the right person is actually going to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Relieved. Like, like, it's, and like, the virginity thing, It's it's like... It's really not you know, so. It's not. And once a bad you get thing. over it, I'm sure you'll like. I have only been with one person, and it's like such a relief. Like I don't have to worry about where Ben's dick has been. Like it's there are lots of cons. I'm just saying. I mean, no, sorry, pros. There are lots of pros, and don't just like do it to get rid of it because you've waited this long. It, it means something to you, as you know, it means to a lot of people. So just don't like take a step back. Be easy on yourself. And in the words of RuPaul. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Yeah. Um, I agree. I th- actually think that was really good advice. Yeah, us. definitely go shopping, make some investments. Okay, second tier toasters. Jackie and Claudia, I'm an overly paranoid person, so I'm not sure if I should be putting my house on the market or not. A little background. A few years ago, I babysat for a neighbor. When the dad relieved me, he talked my ear off. That evening, I had a Facebook friend request from the dad and this strange account that was linked to his dad's business. I ignored both because I only use Facebook for the toast groups, and I thought it was weird. LOL. Well, last week I was at the pool and the dad was there with one of the children. We had a friendly exchange because I'm polite, but I was there hanging out with my mom. Oh, and he's married with two kids. Well, later that night, I had a friend request from that same strange Facebook. At this point, it's clear it's his burner account. I ignored it. A day later, I get a message that said, hey, Brit, John here. Not our real names. Oh, no, I think she's telling me that they're not our real names. Okay. I thought he messaged her. Yeah. With like... With fake names for them. like a code name. I'm sorry. Okay, so... He messaged her, hey, Britt, John here. So now I confirmed that it was him. Again, I ignored it. Well, last night at 2 a.m., he liked a Facebook post of mine from 2010. At this point, I blocked because I'm freaked out. That's him using his burner account three separate times to try to get my attention since the pool. The friend request, the message, and the like. What the fuck do I do? So far, I drive by the pool before heading down there to make sure he's not there. His wife is a sweet woman, but I don't know either of them very well. My plan is to avoid, but they live almost directly across the street from me. I'm so freaked out. I'm a single 30-year-old, and he's a married 50-year-old. What if he's a psycho and doesn't take it well that I'm ignoring him and decides to stalk me in person instead of online? Is it all innocent? What do I do? XOXO, if I die, please turn this over to the police. LOL, but really. You know, this is really tough because there's so much weirdness here, but also there is like a level of weirdness that comes with 50-year-olds being on Facebook. And like, I act, I don't know the situation enough. I could see him being like a freak dad who's like, hey, Brit, it's me. Yeah, but also glad to be connected. Yeah, right. Like people, adults on Facebook are so weird, but I don't take shit like this lightly. Like yeah. it is weird. I don't know if you should, like, I don't know if we're overreacting or like underreacting. Like, should you move? I don't know. This sounds like a Lifetime movie I watched once with the babysitter and dad. And and was it twisted in the end? Oh, it was twisted. It always is. I, I don't really remember everything, but I just remember this premise. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely weird. I would continue to ignore Monitor. him as best that you can. Obviously, you can no longer sit on those kids and you'll have to find new campers to work with. Um, and just hope that he gets the message. And even if, whether it's being friendly or creepy, you have made it clear that you're not interested in pursuing any sort of uh, relationship with him. And then if it, if it's still like, if it gets weirder and weirder, 
you can take other measures. Yeah, I would continue to monitor the situation. Don't write it off as just like weird old people things. Just continue to monitor it. And if it does get weirder or takes it to another level, like move immediately because those situations like never end well. I know, but that's like so drastic. I know if you like love your house. Maybe there's other things you could do first, like tell his wife. Oh, yeah, but would you anger him then? And then it's like you have to live across the street from like this couple that you like threw away. Right. Wrench. And like maybe the wife becomes a bitch and thinks you're like some, you know, whore of Babylon. Like, they start plotting yeah. to murder because you. Because wives can be helpful, but they can also be destructive. Like if you bring them in, they, they get like weirdly defensive and insecure. Yeah, because it's like, why would I trust this babysitter over my husband of right. 20 years? Right, right, right. That's a tough situation. I'm not going to lie continue to monitor it. I don't think you're overreacting. I think it's something you should be aware of because in this day and age, like people are free. Do you like your house? Do you like your neighborhood? Is, right, uh, if you've been are, working to move. How are home prices in your neighborhood? You know, it is a really good time to sell your home because everyone's just clamoring to yeah. move out of the cities. So maybe it's a good time for you to move. Yeah, good financial move. Yeah. Our third and final Dear Toasters is an update. Dear Claudia and Jackie, a few months ago, I wrote in on how my husband's family was excluding us from family events due to them thinking I was rude to his grandmother. I wanted to give you all an update. Things are a little bit better, but they have turned competitive. Maybe I'm being dramatic, you tell me. The cousin that excluded us has now started inviting us to their barbecues or parties. But we had a 4th of July barbecue in the late afternoon at 5 p.m. And I found out that this particular cousin was having a barbecue just after mine. She had invited the same exact people to her house that I had invited to mine, but excluded to invite us. The cousin and her family showed up to our house for maybe 45 minutes and then left early to set up for their barbecue. So after everyone left our barbecue, they all proceeded to go to her house for her barbecue. Now I feel like I'm in this weird competition with her, like when I just want to get my husband's family together for a holiday. My husband says I'm making a big deal over nothing, but I feel like his cousin is now doing this to out, doing this to me out of spite since she's the one that said I was rude to her grandmother. I could really use your advice. A sincerely a toaster with dramatic in-laws. Okay. You know, sometimes I just feel like relationships aren't worth keeping and this is like one of them like seriously you're you're not related to this bitch and she's making it so hard for you to get her family together like go fuck yourself okay sorry that's claudia's take my advice was just going to be it's only a competition if two people are participating Ooh, but if that's good advice if your outlook is like i don't care what you're doing i love my party we're doing my thing and i have the party from five to seven whatever you do afterwards is your thing like if you just couldn't look at it differently and just disengage honestly from this competition then i think it's all about your mindset you're letting her get to you as opposed just to just being like, I'm doing what I want to do and whatever you're doing, that's cool too. But like, I like what I'm doing. See, that's like so mature, but it's just annoying that she has to do this. Like, why doesn't this bitch just stop? You know, like we have to dance around this crazy cousin. Like, do you know what I'm saying? No, I do. But you know what? That's life dancing around. I know it's so true. But honestly, like I would just cut this bitch out of your life. She sounds so toxic. No, but she had said in the other one that like his, her husband's family is like so important to him. I and know, like I the remember. grandma and like. It's it's not like you just cut out a cousin and the rest of the, the house stands. No, I know. But like at some point, especially with in-laws, like, yeah, we all married into each other. But like, we're not actually related. So is this relationship worth keeping up? And like, of course, you try so hard for your husband. La-di-da. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm just imagining because I actually really like my in-laws not to be annoying. But at some point, it's like, fuck off. Like, why do I need this trouble? Let me go hang out with my own family, you know? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. But Jackie's advice is probably more mature and better. Like... When you stop caring, you have all the power. Yeah, exactly. So if she wants to be in this fight with herself and be planning parties right. around your parties, like that's fucking freaky. That's actually really good. And point. she'll drive herself insane. Let her let her keep fighting <laughs> like, with herself. Yeah, like just let her keep like she'll lose steam. Honestly. Like punching the wall, like yeah, hoping yeah. someone punches back. Yeah, exactly. That's good advice. Go with Jackie's, not mine. My advice: drive her crazy. Um, and that is your toasters again. If you want to write in about 
anything you're going through or you want to give us an update about something just if you want to like actually drive her crazy you could like say you're planning a party and then of course she'll plan a party following yours and then like you'll say oh no i, I canceled mine because you never actually planned it and she's like has all these parties that yeah she's and planning. then by the way you run up all of her bills and then her house goes into foreclosure <laughs> she can't plan parties anymore <laughs> she can't pay her bills <laughs> Yeah, just keep like scheduling parties and then canceling them like right before, but you never actually, actually planned like them to never, anyone but her. Right, exactly. Be like, I'm thinking about having a party this day at this time. We're at this do, location. We're going to have fireworks. <laughs> yeah, you'll run There's her drive. There's going to be an elephant. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Petting zoo. Literally run her dry. Like, yeah. that's good advice. Um, all right, again, if you want to write in for anything you're going through or you have written to us and you want to give us an update on how the situation went, deartoasters at gmail.com. And if you can't get enough Dear Toasters, we are recording a Patreon episode full of Dear Toasters quandaries and queries. So head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast for a whole podcast episode of your fellow toasters quandaries and queries thank you so much for listening to the morning toast the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every monday through friday on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found so spotify itunes it's your public radio i already cast box all the places where we listen podcasts find us morning toast leave you five star but a beautiful stunning as smart we are hope you guys have an amazing hub day we'll see you tomorrow bye, bye.